This episode is brought to you by Factor Meals. It certainly is because eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. If you're somebody like me who cannot cook to save their little lives, it's a game changer. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in, wait for it, just two minutes. Plus, you'll have over 35 options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. You can pick from two-minute meals where you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. With pancakes, smoothies, and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And Factor Meals are ready to heat and eat. They're ready. There's no prepping. There's no cooking. There's no chopping up veggies. None of that stuff. If you're like me and you're busy, whack on a podcast, whack these in, and they're ready to go. Nothing for you to do. No cleanup either. And the great thing is it's flexible for your schedule. So you can get as much or as little as you need when choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime if anything changes. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. So sign up and save. Factor is less expensive than takeaway and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. So head to factormeals.com slash TWTW50 and use code TWTW50 to get 50% off. That's code TWTW50 at factormeals.com slash TWTW50 to get 50% off. Hello, I'm Grongy Maguire and this is Chantelle Fiducian Pate. Hello. bonded over our love of reminiscing about weird celebrity couples. The ones no one would believe happened if Google wasn't there to back it up. We want you to join us as we remember when love was young, times were simpler, and we really thought that Angelina and Billy Bob Thornton were going to make it. Every week we're joined by a celebrity guest to discuss the showbiz romance they never got over. So take our hand and stroll down memory lane with us as we remember the the way they were. Hi Chantal. Hi Grania. How are you this week my darling? I'm really good. I'm really excited because we're knee deep in our favourite time of the year which is award season. Award season. So I'm very excited. I'm working on the BAFTAs which Mm -hmm. will be Monday which is very glamorous and very exciting. The red carpet is back, baby. Are you going to be actually at the BAFTAs yourself as well? I will be at the BAFTAs. Are you going to be dolled up? Are you going to be in red carpet glamour? So my red carpet glamour is Billy Crystal hosting the Oscars. Oh, nice. You're going for an Ellen Tux vibe. Little Tux, little cheeky Tux. That's what I go for. I like it. I mean, I hope after lockdown, I can still fit into my little tucks. Might have to get like a, a cummerbund as a little corset. But <laughs> that's my plan. I'm very excited. I absolutely love, I love, you know, this time of the year. But this is the thing. I don't know whether I've said this before. This is my issue with award season. Okay, is... here it comes. This, this has to be a big one because I'm pretty much, I'm all in for award season. So let's hear it. What's the gripe? Oh. My gripe is I want to watch all the Oscar BAFTA films. Sure. However, the films who tend to be in that category tend to be very intense slash depressing. True. And I just think at this time of the year when it's really dark, you know, it's a bit miserable, the weather, I don't, it's so, it's like, oh my God, bloody hell, four hours of sunshine. Now I'm watching a film about the Holocaust. It's a lot. And also, can I just read between the lines here? You don't want to watch Belfast any more than I do, do you? Because <laughs> you couldn't pay me to watch Belfast. It. No, oh, you didn't. Oh I think I it is just 
I think Belfast is just every because everyone I know is Irish is the same as you say, oh no, 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 that's great. No, 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 that one's really good. They all everyone who's Irish loves Belfast. You guys have at it. Maybe it's it just needs you guys to watch it. It's like when there's the Irish contestant on X Factor and it just needs Ireland to get them to the final and it works every time. You got them yeah. to uh to the best best picture race. Jedward, all thanks to you. So Belfast oh. is the new Jedward of movies, basically. It's only the Irish are going to watch it. Did you love it? I sobbed. I saw it in the cinema and I was like sobbing, like heaving. Big four-leaf clover tears. And I was so worried because I would wear mascara and I thought, oh my God, oh my God. And I was so, I didn't want to go out through the main like foyer because I didn't want anybody to see me because I thought I'd probably look like Alice Cooper at this stage. (laughs) So then I thought, right, I'll go out the side exit. But then I ended up getting completely lost, set off fire alarm. And then this person had to come and find me and then walk me through the right way. (laughs) First of all, are you telling me that you went to go see Belfast on your own? Yes. You went to the cinema by yourself? Little Irish grania to go watch Belfast on your own. Then you wore a mascara. And then even though you knew you were gonna see this film, you'd cry it, let's be honest. Cried the whole way through, then got lost, tried to leave, and then someone had to come find you, at which point you must have had to explain, Hi, I'm Irish. I just saw Belfast, it was a lot. <laughs> no, I'm kind of crying in a cinema. And they're probably like, Yeah, this happens every time, don't worry. There's this. We get a lot of your kind here. Just all these Irish girls crying watching Belfast by themselves while their non-Irish partners stay at home. I was one more victim of the troubles. What can I say? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what are you hoping to get together with this week? Oh, God, that is a tough one, Grania. All I've done this week is stay in every single night and watch... Oscar movies. I know this is really boring, but you and I are basically living the same life. Except I'm watching the good ones and you're watching Belfast. That's all I'm doing. I'm just watching movies. I got nothing for you. So what's been your favorite so far? Tough one. I haven't, I haven't loved any of them, if I'm being really honest. Probably Power of the Dog, I guess. Probably the best one I've seen so far. Licorice Pizza, Big Letdown. I'm enjoying oh, Drive My Car. I'm in the middle of Drive My Car right now. I'm enjoying it. I have a lot to get through still. So I think the real winner of the award season is the agent who managed to persuade a director to cast Benedict Cumberbatch as a grizzly cattle rancher. It was great. Whatever words of persuasion they had, he's fantastic in it, but I just would love to have seen the pitch meeting where he was suggested. This is the guy for that role. Did you hear Sam Elliott on uh, another podcast, on Mark Maron's podcast, being mean about Power of the Dog? (laughs) One of the things, one of my favorite things Sam Elliott said was he's, he's basically saying how dare they portray cowboys as anything other than straight masculine men but he said what is this New Zealand woman what is she why are they filming it in New Zealand what does she know about fucking cowboys Sam Elliott is from Sacramento he's not he's not from the, the Midwest at all and also the westerns he kept bringing up as the good old days were spaghetti westerns you know where they were filmed fucking Italy mate that's why they were called that so I don't know what he's talking about he was to harken back to the days of good old westerns that were filmed in Italy and he also he's speaking as though he has some knowledge of the west he's from California bruv you wear makeup to work every day chill out you're not a cowboy that's my gripe done speaking of glamorous well speaking of the glamour of the movies our guest brings a little bit of that glamour to stand up she is the fabulous the gorgeous the incredibly funny sindhu v the, the way, way they were. were hi sindhu hi grania how are you <laughs> i'm good how are you 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 like chantal in all caps has lipstick and i have nothing i don't just, oh. i don't have lipstick sindhu i have a very good filter on my zoom that makes it look like i would you can get as well it's like the make you look amazing filter what it just if you i'll tell you after the show (laughs) no no i know what it is it says uh choose video filter yeah and it's like make you look really good or something okay so now i'm like fuck this podcast how do i yeah you just gotta look amazing Grania just looks There's, naturally because Grania just, oh, no, oh, that's not God, you're doing, oh, okay, no, listeners, no, no. I'm sure okay, they'll edit no. this out, but, Gra- but she's doing Snapchat filters now. No, I don't know. There's all these filters here. Okay. Ver- no, oh, God, Lord. Okay. Anyway. All right. All right. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, Cindy, we're a very romantic podcast. Do you think, are you a romantic person? Yes. Ooh. You're romantic. Yes. I you, mean, straight in. I like rom- yeah, I like romance. I think it's. It's the best part of any relationship. It's sad it doesn't last, but it's the best part of any relationship. I think romance is 
so great. I think it's one of those things that um, really makes people come alive. Because mm-hmm. you you are a happily married lady. Well, you've been with your husband. Uh, world exclusive here, guys. <laughs> I just think so. This year, I've been married twenty three years. Well, congratulations! And, uh, thank you. And I think anyone who's been married twenty three years will balk at the idea that they're happily married because in 23 years so many things have happened like corona happened <laughs> princess died no she passed away that was a while that, before sorry. yeah <laughs> well not not really. it was not a, it was like a year it was a year before so i know because that's a huge issue for me but we won't get into that here um <laughs> all i'm saying is just like in the world so many big things can happen in 23 years so can in a marriage Mm-mm-mm. and happily is a great shorthand for people who are not divorced but it it's a basket for many things. So you're just married. Mm-hmm. Can we say that? <laughs> I'm married and Cindy you know what? Is married. I'm married and I'm happy to be married still. At the time of recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think and I and I think you have to always give yourself permission. You know, every you have a limited karma with your body, with everybody, you know, when your body when your karma with your body's over, you go. Mm-hmm. And everything is limited. And maybe your karma with one marriage is over and then it's time to move on. So at this moment, at the time of this recording, I'm very happy to be married. Well, that's great news. Cindy, can I just say, well, I, by the way, you have, I think, the most soothing voice we've ever had on the podcast. Oh, yeah. I literally uh, feel like I'm in like an ASMR video. This I could listen to you talk forever. Like, I feel my shoulders relax just listening to your dulcet tones. That's good. That's good. So That's great. this is I so mean, far my favorite episode you've recorded. Like I can hear my voice going down just listening to yours. Like I'm trying to like get on your wavelength. <laughs> oh, please go on. Everything is temporary. Everything ends in death. That's right. Nothing is forever. Love is transient. Hundred percent. I think the love you feel for a person can be forever. It doesn't mean you have to stay married to them. That's true. I like that. That's true. Well, so you've brought on. A very, very fascinating couple. And I think before I did the research, I think I had an idea of what their deal was. And in the words of MTV, the real world, I had no idea. Oh. I had no idea. Really? This, course, is a, this is an exciting one, is it? Uh, Chantel, well, is uh, this is the I a real hero emerges from this story and somebody I was going to root for that I was not expecting oh anyway. wow I'm so intrigued okay fascinating. All right. fascinating oh god am I gonna do you think I'm giving do you think I'm gonna guess them do you think I'm gonna get it uh oh, I think shit. so okay all right all right okay okay come on let's go hit me okay, with the hands okay so hit me up the year these couple met was the golden days of 1997. Okay. All it's right. another 1997. A lot, there was something was in the air that year because a lot of our couples got together in that year. It was a good time. It was it a good w- time for Hollywood, 97. Late 90s were a really epic. It was probably the last great golden age of Hollywood was the late 90s. So uh, The Lion King, it's 1997 God, to get you in the mood. <laughs> the Lion King is debuting on Broadway. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone has been published and Tony Blair is a number 10. Okay. But things were about to get even better for these two lovebirds. He was a fox and she was his little dumpling. They had a succession of love before the sun finally set on their romance. That's good, Gronya. Shit, that's good. <laughs> oh, Jesus. He was a fox and she was his little dumpling. Fox. Is it Lawrence Fox? Thank Christ, I no. could not talk about him. I was like, I couldn't do Lawrence Fox. Um, so Fox and Do- are they, so they're- Okay, I just want to stop oh. you there, Chantal. You think you can't talk about Lawrence Fox? Wait till you guess who this is. <laughs> oh, no, okay. Are they British? No. So mm-hmm. not British or American. If this is a clue... Oh, okay. Dumpling. Yeah, the- I was very nervous about using dumpling. I don't know if that helps, but I was like, I don't think it's wrong, but it could be wrong. We might have to edit out dumpling. Don't edit it out. It's not wrong for crying out loud. Everyone relax. <laughs> Fucking Putin is coming into Ukraine. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> what industry are they in? Can you give me an industry? Um, no, no, we can't. That's, we may as well tell her then. No, don't. Um, oh, God. Um, so he was a fox. What's the fox, though? He was his little Okay, dumpling. okay. Here's another he clue. Fox. Big, dude, another clue. Big age difference. 
And it's a def. I've no. I've absolutely. This no is the romance. Yeah, you could read all about it. Oh, you could read out, all man. about. <laughs> just tell me who it is. I'm just Grania completely is so lost. No, okay, 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 okay. One more. Oh one more. I love how Cindy just doesn't want what she wants me to guess. No, come on, come on, come on. Okay, I'm going to give you one more. Okay, think of <laughs> kangaroos. Mm-hmm. Kangaroos. Are we going Australian? <laughs> They're Australian and something to do with fox and. Dump. Maybe. And the sun. I mean, if literally, you, if you say those three difference. things in your head again and again, <laughs> if you say Australia, Fox, Sun, Australia, Fox, Sun, it'll literally fall out of your mouth. And the age difference. I'm completely <laughs> bamboozled. I've, I haven't got a fucking clue who the hell this is. All right. All right. Okay. Well, I don't know how long you guys carry yeah, this tell on. Me, so yeah, no, no, well, this will all be edited down to me basically saying, I don't know. <laughs> so please, please tell me. Cindy, do you want to put her out for misery? Rupert Murdoch and Wendy Ding. I never in a million years would have gotten that. <laughs> Not in a million years. But I am obsessed with them. I loved this couple. Absolutely oh loved them. I was miles away from them. Oh my god. Okay, this is going to be Australia so exciting. Fox. What's Australia the Fox? Fox, Fox News. Oh succession. God, I was nowhere near. Yeah, the succession thing. Okay. I should have gotten it from that. Dumpling. Dump. Okay, yeah, these are all, I get it, I get it. These are all good clues, Grania. You did your best. I was absolutely miles away. I was miles away. Nowhere near close. I'm ready. Let's do it. This is going to be so exciting. Okay, let's go. Okay. And so, 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 why, when we, we asked you to be on the podcast, why was this the couple? Well, first of all, how would you describe this couple to people who, for some reason, have not heard about the great love affair of the last millennium? Oh, so, good. so, here's here's how I would describe it. So, you have... Uh, an extremely powerful, extremely wealthy man in his mid-60s. He's running a newspaper conglomerate. He's about to get, or is just on the cusp of getting extremely involved with changing the course of British politics. So he's very power, power-centric. Money is no longer an issue for him. He's very power-centric. His dad was in the papers. So, you know, papers are what he does. And he likes journalism. He And he honestly likes journalism. So there he is in his mid-60s. He's made all his money. The big market he can't crack is China. So he shows up in China. Everyone's scared of him because he's a big deal. So we'll park him there. And then what happens is you have on the other side, you have a hardworking Chinese woman who, like many, many people in China at the time, needed to find a way out. Then you have a very normal, uh, normal in in air quotes, because I don't know if he was really that normal, American guy who's got some work. Mm. Uh, he's in his, he's he's also older. He's working in a certain province that I can't pronounce, starts with G, um, in China. <laughs> and there, through the work, he meets this young Chinese woman who's like, oh, I would love to go to America and study and do something with my life. How old was she? She was like in her early 20s, wasn't she? Like 20? Early, early, early. Yeah, no, she was still in her, like she was almost 19, 20 at the time. And so he says, oh, you know what? My wife and I will sponsor you and we're part of the church and you can come out to wherever buttfuck we live in America. So she shows up and the wife's like, how nice, honey. You're going to take care of this young woman. Well, the young woman starts banging this guy. He leaves his wife. Right. So step one in her plan of getting out is going well because he marries her. So she becomes a U.S. citizen. She dumps Taylor's him like time. this. Right. Dumps him. Oh, she's like, I, she's like, dude, I'm done. This girl. She then she then works her ass off and goes to Yale. Right. Because the, the thing about Wendy Deng is she understood the trappings of status in the West, which, by the way, you only care about when you don't have any. That's why when I was. When I wanted to leave India to study and it had to be on a scholarship because it was very expensive and I was supposed to get married, I had to get a scholarship to a certain kind of university. Otherwise, my parents were like, what are you going to the West for? That's a waste of time. It's the brand. Totally. She went to Yale and she's back in China working for Star Corp, right? She's an intern. She's already making waves because she's running into the boss's office, pulling his ponytail, being really kind of like, come at me, world, fuck you, it's me. She's got enormous self-confidence. Fast forward, Rupert Murdoch, he shows up in China, he goes to this, some big event at his company, and he talks about Chinese strategy, and a young woman in the back stands up and says, I think your strategy is bad, it doesn't make sense, or something like that. Everyone's like, oh, but of course, it's Wendy, who's like, I'm going to make an impression. So he then explains himself to her within days they are, they are hang out together. He then calls the office and says, as you can see, Wendy hasn't come back from vacation. 
because she's with me. Anyway, at this point, Wendy Deng does something amazing. She does, she rolls, she rolls the big dice. He says, I want to be with you. She's like, no, I have worked so hard. She gave an interview to a Chinese paper. I've worked so hard. I've gone to Yale. I can't just be your bit on the side. He's like, I'll marry you. She's like, okay. She ambulins it. She ambulins She does ambulin him. Yeah. And what happens is he he dumps his wife, Anna, and 19 or I think 17 or 19, less than 20 days later, he marries Wendy Deng. Bonkers. Okay. And then Wendy Deng is like, now we're talking. And that is how they got together. Well, that took out your job, Grania. <laughs> that, Grania, was that a good description? <laughs> was that, was was that, that accurate? Because that that's how I, that's about as much, I know a lot more about the after effects of a divorce and everything. So I wasn't fully aware of every single detail of how they got together. Does that sound about right? She is, uh, Wendy Deng genuinely is incredible. 20 days. Like, she is incredible. And also, like Cindy was saying, I think genuinely, I'd love to see her give a TED Talk just on her life and specifically the art of negging because I genuinely think she she has turned negging into an art form because that's what she did she got into all these spaces and then just was like really mean to all these powerful men and they were like oh my god oh she was also mean to Mr. Cherry's wife it wasn't just men she fucking knocked out anyone in her path let's be honest to have the foresight to snare this man and then get a visa and then dump him. That is some hard ass. I mean, I don't even have that kind of, you know, when someone cuts me in the queue, I'll get hard, but I won't go and kill their family. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that Wendy's not a romantic. This is, this is, <laughs> this is not a girl looking no. for love. <laughs> no, but I mean, she's on a mission, you know, and then they were very in love and they had this great time. But the other thing I love about Wendy Deng is that she was like, of course, I don't want to have kids. And then she was like, I'm going to have kids. And he was like, I have prostate cancer she's like freeze that semen get radiation i'm having kids and she did and then the next step was those kids because in the divorce rupert murdoch's first wife gave up more so that her kids would have full control Mm, over the trust mm -hmm. wendy deng was like are you fucking having a laugh so then she finally got her two daughters grace and whoever the other one is into the trust so she's just one step after the other just done what she needed to do she's a woman on a mission so, Cindy, you have covered a lot, but what uh, glaringly you've left out, <laughs> and I think it's the question all our listeners will be waiting to hear answered, but what about their star signs? <laughs> oh, yes. I don't know their star signs. What are they? So, Wendy is... Is she a Scorpio? Is she a sort of Scorpio? Sagittarius. Aha. Uh-huh. Rupert, Pisces. Oh. And they have, sadly, a 30% love match. According to the stars... <laughs> The best thing about their relationship is that both partners share a love of laughter and fun. But <laughs> yeah, right. the relationship can't last because Sagittarius Wendy will wait for a grand emotion while Pisces Rupert will wait for all the pieces of the puzzles to fit perfectly. So yeah, that's what I mean, it also might not have worked because, you know, he she wanted to bang Tony Blair. I mean, she wrote a note about him and said his butt is so great and his legs and his blue eyes. We'll get to that. Don't you worry. Don't we? We'll get to that. It's early in the day to be touching Tony Blair's ass. Christ. (laughs) So let's have a look at Rupert's love history before this. He was first of all married to Patricia Booker, who is a former shop assistant and flight attendant. They got married in 58, but then divorced nine years later. So he's he's relatively good at sustaining long-term relationships, I have to say. Then after that, he got married to a Scottish journalist. He used to work for his Sydney newspaper. Her name's Anna Mann, which is funny because he's a comedian and loves his character (laughs) named Anna Mann. And this is what I thought was so brutal. So he got married to Anna Mann. She was Catholic. He, not Catholic. Then three months before he divorced Anna, he got made a knight of the Roman Catholic order. Three months before he divorced his Catholic wife, and he's not even Catholic. So they had... Uh, th- <laughs> I just the point? She w- I just think she'd be really annoyed just by that. Just spite her. Like, when the Pope is taking your side in a divorce. Yeah, that's, 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 that's rough. Uh, so then he divorced her, and then Wendy. So she was born in China to quite a, an impoverished background. Like, her dad had a kind of a good job, but it was like a... It was very humble uh, beginnings her friend said that Wendy would study 
until the lights went out. She would sleep for only three hours, then get up at three or four in the morning to read English because she knew that was the route out. And then, like Cindy said, she met a guy. His name was Jake Cherry. He was 50 and she was like late teens, early 20s. She met the family. They said they'd help her learn English. And they sponsored her to go study in a visa to help to move to America. And then she moves in with their family. She shares a bunk bed with one of their kids. Then the wife finds pictures of Wendy. Oh, with the pictures. So bear in mind. So then she obviously leaves. He gets married to Wendy. He's 53 at the time. She's barely into her 20s. The marriage lasts for two years and seven months. Now it takes about two years and six months to get your passport. Jesus, two years and six months of the 55 old <laughs> and 19. Golly, that must have been a long two years. The conversations, <laughs> then, Christ, go on. <laughs> she's out of there. Then she studies really hard. Like it's interesting, she gets all into all these uh, like really prestigious academic institutions. She gets a job working for um, the office of Star mm. in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. And then this is what I think was incredible. So uh, this is somebody who used to work with her. He said, um, she said, introducing herself to the mostly male, mostly expatriate Australian executive staff. We were all there to learn, 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 learn. But Wendy would say, I'm going to meet that guy. And she would just waltz into somebody's, somebody important's office unannounced and explain, hello, I'm Wendy. I'm the intern. Uh, who are you? It was excruciating and it made some people uncomfortable, but she would get away with it. In fact, she perfected it. Oh, what a woman. I mean, and this is, I thought this is unbelievable. So there was this one executive who ran the advertising department. He would go around smoking and wearing a ponytail around the office. (sighs) Then the day after she was introduced to him, he was walking down the corridor and Wendy, who was an intern at the time, rushes up, grabs his ponytail in front of all of us and gives it a yank and says in this squeaky voice, Hi, Robert, I'm Wendy. Remember me? I'm the intern. And then she just cackles with a kiddie laugh. (laughs) 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 She doesn't make any sense. That was her big line. I'm Wendy, the intern. (laughs) Does she know what laughing is meant to be for? (laughs) She strikes me as like, she has like no sense of humour. She decides I was laughing at the end of a sentence and see if that works. I like her style. The way I think about it is, what did she have to lose? I don't know that she would have thought, I need to marry a rich guy. But she was like, I'm going to do something. I got to, and she worked hard. So if you think about if your option is going back to poverty in China, you'll come pull a few ponytails and say, ha ha ha, why not? (laughs) Just anything, What the fuck do you have to lose, you know? And do you think she was, you know, there's certain stereotypes about Asian women. She's around all these older, white Australian guys and there's this sort of idea of like Asian women being sort of cute or Asian women being like schoolgirlish and you know I think she was definitely using that to her advantage. But I think the thing with Wendy Deng was she very much understood what was required and she flattered a lot of these older guys. She was literally throwing bread on the water and seeing what would stick or what would bite. And I mean, it was a big risk to stand up in front of Rupert Murdoch and say whatever she did, which Grania will come to. I'm sorry, again, I'm doing that thing. <laughs> but, um, you know, um, and it's not like she was a ditz. No. You know what she was? She was the master of shortcuts. Mm. She was like, I can either work here for another 30 years under these guys or marry their boss. Yeah. So entering into the scene is... Rupert Murdoch, he's having problems with his wife. He's maybe, he's, he's, he's stressed. When will I be able to crack the Chinese market? Oh, my wife wants me to retire. I'm feeling old. He's giving a town hall meeting to inaugurate the company's new headquarters. Everybody's telling him how brilliant he is. Uh, he asks, is there any other questions? Then who stands up out of nowhere? It's our heroine, Wendy. She says, yeah, I have a question. Why is your business strategy in China so bad? Great line. Yeah. He's like, oh my God, who is this? He gives an explanation. She says, but that's not a, that's not good enough. And then he goes, okay. He said a little mo- bit more. And then he said, does that satisfy you? And she said, no. Yes, Wendy. And then town meeting over, they go and chat to each other afterwards. It's, it's a, 
I mean, if that was a rom-com, I would be rooting I for know, the I know, seriously. Seriously. So far, you're on her side. I don't think it's going to last. <laughs> I feel like the charm's going to wane soon. Well, I don't know. I kind of stopped being on Wendy's side when she screwed over Mrs. Cherry. I wonder if Mrs. Cherry found love. Yeah. <laughs> She's the one. We should be interviewing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She should have her own episode. <laughs> Mrs. Cherry gets her groove back. <laughs> so... Wendy makes this impression on the boss of the bosses, Rupert. Then he needs a Chinese translation for the weekend. Somebody suggests Wendy. She seems to laugh. She's always laughing. She, she does just laugh at stuff. Hilarious. So she acts as his translator. And then a guy says he left Rupert with, with Wendy for a tour at six the next morning. He found them in the hotel gym. He says, pounding away on an exercise bike. Oh, Chantal is like pounding away in the gym. Yeah, on a bike, on a Chantal. Bike. On a bike. Oh, I was getting all excited then. <laughs> on a fucking bike. How boring. Jesus. Go on. So he obviously, <laughs> so he very quickly marries, uh, he divorces Anna. It costs him a lot of money billions he loses billions in the divorce from anna but 17 days later he's on his yacht called the morning glory getting married to the third mrs murdoch he gave a long speech saying he loved her and would take care of her forever how um, old is she at this point she's 30 okay that's what i thought in my mind she was 30 all right Go she's on. 30 yeah. so everyone i presume everyone in his inner circle is like yeah she's not in love with you like how many people do we know about or aware of what a complete sham this is like it was his mother who had told him that if you leave anna because the mother his mother dame what's her face yeah murdoch had said to him if you leave anna or if you know if you don't sort things out with anna the first woman who has designs will grab you and it happened while he was even with Anna. oh my god because you know what mothers know mothers best, best. Mm-hmm. listeners listeners i'm telling you now mothers know best i mean i say that to my kids all the time so i'll say it on the podcast you know i think maybe mrs cherry cut a break thanks to wendy she did. Uh, Ms. rupert and anna were not happy mm-hmm. and anna you know when you've been married all those years Anna's like okay let's make this work yeah retire we'll hang out so they weren't happy which is whatever they've been married forever 30 years or whatever it was 20 plus years in this case i feel happy for her because that thing wasn't working anyway you know and so anna murdoch's like i got a pile of cash i have my self-respect and you have you don't have any self-respect you have no respect respect you go do you with whoever this this random 30 year old you just met two days ago yeah, who really, it's obvious what's going on so here. Obvious. So obvious. So, I mean, if I was ever going to be left, I would rather have, you know, if my marriage wasn't happy and if I was going to be left and if someone came and ran off with my husband, I would be like, what kind of husband is that? Exactly. But he would have to leave a lot of money. Yeah. Like <laughs> you have to be set up at least. Yeah. I mean, who wants to invest all those years in a marriage and raise the kids and support and then be less a super screwed. busy husband and then get screwed? But she didn't get screwed. And that's why I'm like, good good for you, Anna. Be mm-hmm. rid of that guy. Because then he turns out he's also got some very, very awful ideas about journalism. Well, so um, Rupert at this time is feeling very optimistic about his third marriage. God, third one is the keeper. He describes Wendy to his kids as a nice Chinese lady. <laughs> his only goal in life seems to be pleasing him. Can you imagine being his kid when he says that? I mean, a nice Chinese lady. She's just a nice... Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Rupert, you can't describe your wife like that. What did he say after? a nice Chinese lady somebody who's just going to always be nice to me whose only goal in life seemed to be pleasing him God, <laughs> imagine being his child his, his children at this point were like in their 20s correct oh at least late at 20s least. so having yeah. this old culture comedy I've met a nice Chinese lady and her only goal was making me happy I'd be like oh god dad can you just give me the just give me the money now from the will <laughs> just open up the trust and let me out because this bitch is going to take fucking everything <laughs> I'd be putting stickers and everything in the house that's mine and stealing it every time I visit. Bloody hell. God, go on. So the early days of the relationship, he 
She is changing Rupert's life. He yeah, is. She is. He's, di- he's dying his hair. <laughs> he's eating a strictly Chinese diet. He's taking up yoga. He's wearing black pants and turtleneck sweaters. One of his, somebody says they're on a plane to China with him where he's there on business. He pulls out a paper and says, it's a list of things Wendy wants me to get her in China. And they included a bird's nest, which you make into soup. Some candy, some Chinese medicines and snacks you can't get in the US. I thought, lucky Wendy. He's a man who runs a multinational company. He flies 15 hours from the US to China. And the first thing he does is ask his staff to do a shopping list. He well, was you know, definitely in love. And for that, I, you asked me at the beginning of this podcast, are you a romantic? And this is why. This guy is like... You think, well, you know, you think, good for you, Rupert, that you felt so much in love that her her list came first. It sounds like less like a list of things she wanted and more like a rider that a band gives to prove that you do. You know what I mean? Like, get me green M&Ms. If they do that, then you know they're doing everything else right. This is test. That's what I mean. And I think think that's my faith in romance. This guy fell head over heels in love with her. Well, So she's using him so far. Go on. They're beginning, there are little fractures beginning to emerge. If you were to look very closely... It loves young dream. I can't believe it. (laughs) A a Chinese friend of hers says she wasn't very nice to her husband. (laughs) She was. Her voice when she spoke to him was very rude. They joined the newlyweds for dinner one night, and Murdoch, who had a cold, dared to stick his chopsticks into the communal serving plate. Wendy said, "Rupert, don't do that. How many times have I told you?" Well, I mean, in her defence, that is bad manners. So. Fuck Rupert in that respect. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> so in her, I'm on for this one alone. I'm on Wendy's side. Fuck him. So then, as Cindy said, first of all, she was like, "Oh no, I don't want kids." And then she was like, "Oh yeah, I do actually want kids." They they say her her bullying escalated. <gasps> one time they were at a party together, and he would be going on about something in business, and she turned to everybody else and said, "Oh, Rupert just wants to control the entire media." Ha ha ha. And slapped her knee. Interesting. Again with the ha ha ha. Yeah, the ha 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 is the weird bit. I think it's like every time she does something weird, she's like, let's make this, you know, like when comedians tell, not comedians, anybody for that matter, tells a terrible, inappropriate joke. And then they're like, ha ha ha, it's just a joke. Yeah, okay. Feel, yeah. And I'm like, that's, that yeah, doesn't make yeah, it, why? that doesn't make it yeah. not racist, pal. <laughs> like you and also that doesn't, yeah, but yeah, just because you thought it was a joke and it wasn't funny and now we're all going to laugh. I think her ha 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 is like that, right? And do you think, I guess because she was Rupert Murdoch's wife, everyone in the crowd would have to laugh along with her? Because they're all too terrified of upsetting Rupert Murdoch's wife. Rupert. And also, you know, I've been to dinner parties with couples and one of them will be really awkward with the other and you don't know what to do. You're mm, like, uh-huh. yeah, because you're not going to jump in and be like, you guys, this marriage is fucking dysfunctional. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to yeah. do that. You're like, uh-huh. maybe she was the first person to kind of be a bit vaguely talk back to him. And at first he found that really attractive. And then he realized, oh, no, she's just being a bit of a dick, actually. Yeah. And maybe, you know, it's so hard. It's so hard to do this. And let's see if I can, let's see what you two say. It's very hard to imagine that love can affect a powerful man Mm -hmm. in the same way that it would affect someone of lower status or a woman. We just assume that men like that never feel love. But can we say that? Yeah, I, mean, no, I, don't I think know. he does. We? I think of all Maybe the bad yeah. things. Maybe fell in love with her. Yeah, I think of all the bad things. I don't believe in evil. I don't think he, I don't think he's an evil person. I just think he did some bad stuff. I don't think he's like. A, I don't think he has bad bone in his body. Anywhere that I think Wendy's evil, but so I, I can totally imagine that Rupert Murdoch is can it's feel in love with someone, especially especially could... him falling in love with quote a Chinese lady who just wants to make me happy like of course that's what he'll fucking fall in love with not oh my gosh she's so dynamic and amazing her personality is just off the charts so oh she wants to make me happy isn't it great yeah it's it's weird to think you could like to fantasize by going up to Rupert Murdoch and being like you could do better mate (laughs) (laughs) you don't need to put up with this Rupert Murdoch but I guess if she started but Cindy's right she if she started slowly and at first it was ribbing and at first he Mm. found it kind of oh this is nice someone who's not just kowtowing to everything I say and going yes dear aren't you wonderful and then slowly over the years the kind of gentle ribbing that was fun just became as you say just straight up just she's just a mean bitch to me all the time it's just a yeah, and I think the thing about Rupert Murdoch and Wendy Dang is they're both equally alpha 
power hungry. Mm, yeah, I'll say power hungry. But they just yeah. came and both alphas. So I think, and but they came to it in a different way. And Wendy was like, and Wendy had a lot to lose, right? Like mm-hmm. I said, she had a lot to lose. So when she got Rupert, she was like, right, let's do this. Mm. Well, so in an interview, she kind of addresses their playful dynamic. Playful. She says, <laughs> in Chinese culture, if I am strict to you and I criticize you, it means I love, love you. you. At home, I am very strict and tough. I often criticize and scold him and tell him I am this way because I love you. Successful people always hear good things. So I think I should be the person to tell him how he should improve and what is not good. I just wonder if Rupert would have taken any of that from Anna. Yeah, mm. same. I'm sure Anna Maybe was trying to Scottish, improve him. Yeah. Maybe just with a Scottish accent. It wouldn't, it wouldn't yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> By the way, for anyone who's listening, I have so the hearts for the Scottish accent. It's like being married and coming to comedy and then meeting all these Scottish men. I was like, oh, shit. You got hitched like, too soon. To, I had to leave rooms. I was like, I got to get out of this green room before something <laughs> terrible happens. Or at least start wearing I've, a diaper to gig, something. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, I need to get the fuck out of this room. So Scottish accents. I mean, you could tell me to do anything. I'd be like, okay, fine. Oh God, listeners beware. Okay, good to know. Next time you need some money and you're Scottish, you know who to go to. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, Wendy is enjoying the life of being the wife of, of Rupert Murdoch. How long has it she been that so far? To... It's been like, what, half a decade? So Yeah. So she's she's had the kids. Yeah. She's got two beautiful daughters. Uh, one of her friends says, apparently Wendy would look at her daughters and say, wow, look at my daughters. They're so beautiful and they're so rich. Jeez, oh, of course she would. God, the therapy those kids are going to need. Go on. <laughs> so they would, it, it, She Rupert would go home, but she would keep partying. She used to be shy and unassuming and then she became star crazy. She was like, I want to have fun. Let's go to the party. Uh, She loves the whole thing about being social, whereas Rupert Murdoch would just want to go home. He didn't want to just sit at the party by himself while his wife was going around. You could feel his loneliness. For once, Murdoch's billions were useless. Oh, Oh, poor billionaire. The poor little sad billionaire. Okay, so let's leave them sort of in that perfect form of Rupert is sort of like sat in a corner of a nightclub while Wendy is <laughs> on the dance the floor. <laughs> Old Rupert is sat there the scene, Like Bernie Sanders yeah. at, the, <laughs> at the inauguration. <laughs> <laughs> because storm clouds are coming. Storm clouds in the case of alleged affairs Never. that Wendy had with certain titans of the business Several. Community. This is the bit that I start, this is where I start knowing about with the stuff a bit more and certain is another word for several. So apparently she, apparently she had a little dalliance with the founder of MySpace. Another alleged affair with Eric Schmidt, who was a big sort of Google guy. Yeah. This involved, this is hilarious. She said she was going to stay at her friend's house and she's going to go hiking early the next morning. She left with an overnight bag and then came back the next morning in the same clothes, worth the workout clothes, untouched. And then there was a valet tag on her car that said Beverly Hills Hotel <laughs> and had Eric Schmidt's name on it. Oh, Wendy! She's not even trying. So she kept quite a few diaries. Well, it's so funny. There's a lot of sort of documents that are in her thoughts. Do you think she was trying to get Zuckerberg? They- I'm just saying. She is his type. She's old, I mean- but otherwise she is his type. But so we've got, and like, they're in a lot of publications, so they must be authenticated. So I think she wrote a diary. So Sindhu, I'm going to send it to you. Let's see if you can guess who this is about. Uh, Whatever. Why? I'm so, so missing Beep. Because he is so, so charming and his clothes are so good. He has such good body and he has really, really good legs. But. Not but, like but, however, but like, like glutes, like buttocks. Booty, yeah. And he is slim, tall, and good-skinned. Pierce blue eyes, which I love. Love his eyes. Also, I love his power on the stage. And what else? And what else? And what else? Oh, this is Tony. <laughs> is this Tony? It is Tony. Is this, is Anth- Tony Blair? Is this Anthony Blair? This is fucking Tony. I just Piercing blue eyes. Got it. <laughs> what is it about Tony Blair that makes women write things like this? Didn't his wife talk about how they conceived it? Yeah, when they went Sherry to visit Blair the queen? Some, Yeah, she had some. Why are fancy. they writing about this kind of sexual stuff with Tony Blair? That to me is just that guy. I mean, are I've never met him in me? person. I've never met him in person. But I know there have been, I know there's some 
there are some people that I know in person can be very different to how they are on screen. I'm just saying. I met. Have you? Do you know? This is a small, slight tangent. But do you know the? Do you know the MP George Galloway, yeah, former yeah. mayor of London, former mayor of London George Galloway? No, 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 no. no he wasn't no, mayor. Sorry, he wasn't not. mayor. No, no he, he, I always ran get him for it. He ran for it. He ran for it. And I always get confused the other day. He was when Woolworths was closing down. This is how long ago this is. He was outside the Woolworths in Bethnal Green because he was the MP for that area, and he was protesting that he was like sign this petition to have to save Woolworths. I walked past it and recognized him from Big Brother. And Cindy, I'm telling you, when he looked me in the eye, my knees went weak. There was something about him okay. that no, just got sorry. it. I don't. I disagree with everything that man stands for, Were and you I on don't your like period? him. No, no but I was in period? my twenties. But there was okay. something about him that. In person, his eyes cut through to the soul. I'm telling you, there is something there. Maybe Tony Blair has a George Galloway has. You don't get to the position of power without having some kind of innate Uh, charm. Tony Blair always reminded me of a rabbit. Yeah, he had the teeth. Had, yeah, he was like a rabbit that had learned to speak English and was so proud of himself. So he was like getting on all these interviews, being like, English, 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 carrot, 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 English, English. It's like, you know. Maybe he wore like union flag boxer shorts and she just couldn't get enough of that when she got down Dude, there. it's all about the power. It's oh, all of course, about yeah, that's power. all she cares about. That's all she cared about. So she, so um, her relationship with Tony Blair. So he obviously Rupert Murdoch was instrumental. Allegedly, in alleged, the whole alleged, alleged affair. Rupert Murdoch was instrumental in the New Labour project. Mm-hmm. People say it was because of the backing of his newspapers that he got into number ten. So there, he was quite a close friend to the family. He was even godfather to one of their daughters, Grace. So apparently, uh, so they're all really good friends. Apparently, Miss Blair would be in the house one day. Uh, Tony arrived and Wendy was being very flirtatious. Oh, Wendy. Uh, he was charming and he asked the staff, but when is Mr. Murdoch going to arrive? And when he was told tomorrow night, Tony <gasps> rolled his eyes and gave a panicked look. Oh, goodness gracious. This story is so juicy. You were right, Grind. This is really one for the books. And around this time, so Michael Sheen gave an interview and he said that he met Wendy Murdoch at the time. She, He said that she would get, so Michael Sheen, obviously Welsh actor, famous for playing Tony Blair mm. on three different occasions. She got in touch with me and said, oh, I'm having a party and Tony's going to be there. Why don't you come and dress up as Tony Blair? Maybe you could dress up as him and we could hide you. And bring you out and surprise him. Okay. And he said, no, that sounds like an awful idea. I don't want to do <laughs> you're, it. You're mental. <laughs> but Deng still insisted that he attend the party. It was there that he met Tony Blair for the first time. And when they met, Sheen remembered Deng interrupting them to shout, look, Tony, it's you. Oh, gosh, oh, she's God. so awkward. She's the worst. <laughs> Jesus, God, go on. <laughs> So, and then uh, inspired by this, uh, in June 2013, much to Wendy apparent surprise, Rupert Murdoch filed for divorce. So we're talking 10 years, isn't it? Wasn't it 10 years or 12? 10. No, it was 14. Uh, I was think. it 14? I thought, I, thought, I thought it was at like 10 or 12. Well, see, if you break it down, when there's that kind of money involved, it would have suited him better if she had filed. Yes, yes. Okay. So obviously there was something so pressing that he filed. But he filed for the previous one as well. So he's the second time he's done. No, but he filed for the previous one because he met. Because of her, this one. yeah. All right, mm-hmm. right. I think here a couple of things would have happened. One is in two thousand five, six, one, one would have been. Yeah, she started demanding that her children have the same part in the trust as the three older kids. You knew that was and coming. That create, and that was a real rift. But she got it. So I think. And she had a lot of access because she was his wife. Money's not the only thing. She had a lot of access. And I think he thought, this is trouble now. This is trouble to me, to my designs, to my business, to my, you know, and he'd already had the three older kids saying, are you out of your fucking mind? So he thought, right, it's going to cost me a couple hundred million extra, but I have the money. And I don't think Rupert Murdoch has ever cared about money. I think he's always cared about power. And I think he... He loves being low-key in the background, controlling a lot of things. I think power is his thing. So you think it was just um, a business decision in the end? It was It was ultimately, it was like, right, the, forget the love and all that. This is a liability. Mm. She was a liability. Yeah. And he thought, I'm going to shut this shit down. Wendy's all about Wendy. Mm. Rupert Murdoch is about News Corp. 
Well, they get divorced. It's vague about how much she actually got, but she did sign a prenup. Mm -hmm. So I think that would have had, because I don't think either of his first or second wives signed a prenup. No. Or I think, I think, I think his second wife, she did a deal where she didn't get as much as she was entitled to in exchange for the kids. Getting shed loads. Having all of the five billion. And then they had to share it with these, with Grace and her little sister. Yeah. (laughs) So in the she did get a three-story Fifth Avenue apartment and mansion in China worth at least ten million. The New York place is worth about forty-nine million fifty. That's oh insane. God, a three-story, a three-story apartment in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. But it's three stories, but they're very wide. Massive, and on Fifth oh Avenue as well. Three years later, Rupert finds love again. You know what they say? The fourth one is the yep, keeper. That's right. With good old Jerry. Jerry Hall. Good old Jerry. Jerry he found Hall a keeper. steps in. He found a keeper. Whereas Wendy, she's been a little bit, she's still playing the field. So there was rumors of her dating a little politician. I don't know if you've heard Vladimir Putin. She was linked to him for a while. But the most recent uh, person she's been linked with is a 21 year old model. Lots of frolicking on the beach. Yeah, she's 52, so go her. She looks good for her age as well. I do remember that. Last part of the summer, she's looking looking good. So in every split, as sad as it is, there are winners and there are losers. In the doomed love affair, the sweethearts that couldn't quite land the plane of their romance between Rupert Burdock and Wendy Deng after the split. Cindy, who thrived... And who just survived? Well, I think let's start with who survived. I think it was a deeply, deeply embarrassing chapter in Rupert Murdoch's life. Okay. This is a guy who is so powerful, so important, and he literally could not have been a worse cliche. And then she goes on to embarrass him publicly by running around with lots of important people. I do believe that if he didn't control so much of the news, we would have had a lot more out totally. there about her. Because there was a lot right? when it happened. I remember all the Vanity Fair articles. There's a lot out yeah. there. But I was like, there should. there is so much more to this story that we don't know. And I think you're totally right. You know, and I think Rupert Murdoch is about News Corp. And he thought, you know, whatever leaks, leaks, but I'm going to shut this shit down. So for him, it's just embarrassing. Isn't that crazy that in this scenario, he just survived? <laughs> he's the loser. Yeah, the richest, I mean, most powerful man such in the Western and I mean, Hemisphere. It's, you know, it's, and also because he doesn't look for the spotlight, right? He's mm-hmm. not always out in, you know, he's not Elon Musk. Mm. So that's him. And so you think the thriver. She, well. I don't know if I think it. I think it's, I would have to be deaf, dumb, mm. blind and dead to not know that she was the thriver. She's the winner. She was like, I'm getting out of China. I want to be rich and famous. My daughters are lucky because they're rich. People who are rich are lucky. She's fucking living in a $49 million townhouse with money she cannot spend in this lifetime, frolicking on the beach with a 21-year-old and a hot bod. It's obscene. Fuck Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I feel almost emotional hearing you describe it like that. I feel like I want to stand up and salute her. I mean, she'd love that. So, in- <laughs> she, yeah, I mean, she, she would love that. that. And then she would be like, Guanya, why you don't wear more makeup? You so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> That, okay, that's that does sound say. like my mom as well. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, I mean, she wouldn't think that any of us, even with all your makeup, Chantal, your fake Zoom makeup. Okay, I do not wear that much makeup to the listeners. I'm just no, born this way. I'm sorry. Makeup. It's a, I'm here. I'm here in a vest from this morning. I mean, what you know what I mean? She would have looked at all of us and been like, "Ha ha ha!" Oh, she wouldn't even so notice ugly. us. She wouldn't even notice but us. But here's the but thing: don't worry, guys. We're I... funnier, so that makes it okay, right? <laughs> <laughs> nobody's nobody's funnier than Wendy. Nobody's <laughs> <funnier>. <laughs> like her. <laughs> you know, I just think, yeah, she is thriving, and you know, she she has shrugged that stuff off totally. She's like, you know, here's the thing, and I mean, I I wonder if listeners will write back on this. We are. I have daughters. I raise my daughters to be go getters. You know, know what you want, go and get it. Don't be afraid of speaking your mind. Take a risk in public. It's okay. Wendy Deng literally checked all those boxes. Mm. And so then you think, uh, but at the end of it, but it's not the process that's the problem. It's the stuff, it's the heartlessness. Yeah, there's, lack, there's a complete lack of humanity. 
uh, yeah, she's, you know, she's, she's Wendy's all for Wendy. Yeah. And she really doesn't care. She doesn't care at all. I can't, can you imagine her as a mother? I can imagine like the, any feelings of affection or genuine love or support or respect as a mother, I wonder. I think from as an Indian, and I, I class Indians as Asians, you know, being maternal, at least in India, is not necessarily about being nice. Mm. It's about equipping your daughters with resilience and the ability to get out there and get what they want and roll with the punches, adjust, compromise, but always keep your eyes on the goal. You know, I think if she's not nice or she's tough or if she's harsh, like she said, it's because I love you that I criticize you. Mm-mm. That's even in India, you would say that. One of my kids was disciplining the puppy that we've got, who, by the way, is a second puppy. And we got him because the first one, the first Frenchie was so nice. We got this one. This one is the Ted Bundy of French Bulldogs, just, just so you know. <laughs> he's so attractive and he's a complete psychopath. I'm like, great. We have Ted Bundy in the shape Ooh, of a like dog in our house. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, so she was disciplining him the other day and she's like, and he was barking at her. And she said, it's fine if you don't like me. It's not a popularity contest. I have to teach you what to do. And I was like, that's my line. She said, I know. <laughs> Did she say? But did she say it's not a popularity contest? Oh, was there a little added joke in pop- there? No, that's cute. No. She really has but heritage always, of skills. Yeah, I've always said to them, I don't care if you don't like me. It's not a popularity contest. You have to do better. I think well, Wendy I think definitely was, said those words several times yeah, in Wendy, bed to Rupert, think- Rupert while he was orgasming. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, that's Wendy. If she if she had a tattoo, it would be you don't have to like yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't have to like me because I'm rich. Cindy, before we let you go, we have a question that we ask all oh our guests. Okay. A little love riddle, if you will. Mm-hmm. A, a much nicer woman, I think, argued, I think easily argued, but he's also looking for love herself. And as I always say, I don't think she needs a man or needs a person. I just think she deserves to be loved the way we all do, I think. Mm. Who do you think is up to the standards? Who can handle being with the one and only Cher? She's texted you. She wants to be set up. You have the entire world. Rafa Nadal. Rafa Nadal. Rafa Nadal. That is nice. (laughs) Rafa Nadal. Yeah, he could tire her out. I like that. He's scrappy. Rafa Nadal, because he's scrappy, he will not understand where the fuck Cher is coming from. But he won't mind. And Mm -hmm. he'll be like, you know what? I love you. You're hot. I don't really understand what you're going on about. I don't care if you're made of plastic. And then most, you know, he will, I think he'll be able to appreciate her for her art without really having to be too deep. And also Rafa is a sweetheart. And also kind of say, I would really love to have Cher come to be one of the celebrities in Wimbledon in the stand. Yeah. She could really do well at Wimbledon. And we need like, we need the hat. Rafa. Yes. Go Rafa. And if, he start, Rafa. and if he started like doing badly, what would she say? Snap out of it. That's what she would say exactly. if he started doing yeah. badly. Yeah. And also if someone. She'd yell that you know, from if, stands. Yeah. And if people weren't clapping for him, she'd be like, what? You're not clapping for him? Like she would yeah. be in his corner. That's why I think Rafa it, it, it would really change the meaning of her song, Do You Believe in Life After Love? Because of tennis. Yeah. Hey, there you right? go. Hey, I'm just right, saying, guys. Right. I'm here all week. <laughs> that's, that's one of I my would... faves, Rafa and Cher. I love Rafa it. And Cher. Their portmanteau be rare. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, that, that's, and that's true. That would be rare. That would be rare. <laughs> I can really see one. them together. I, I really love see them it. Together. I love it. And she could dress all in white. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and I mean, she looks I, very good stuff. in a white. She does. Suit. Yeah, white's very good color in her. She does well with monochrome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cindy, thank you so much for being. This has been oh, one was... of my favorite episodes. I've, this has been so juicy, so interesting, so like mm-hmm. above level as opposed to the normal, just shallow celebrity crap as well. It's gone. It's actually quite mm-hmm. dark <laughs> what we've dealt with, <laughs> but I loved it. Thank you so much, Cindy. You were such a lovely guest to have on. Oh, it was great to be. I feel I talked too much, but I had a lot to no, say. No, you this. didn't. Where can no, our, um, no. where can our listeners I, find more of you if they want to hear more of you talking? You can never talk too much to me, oh, not with your voice. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm sinduvi.com. Sinduvi.com, guys. I just think that the real takeaway for me from Wendy Deng is the ambiguity of getting what you want to get at any cost at any for cost. a woman whose choices are limited. It's hard to take. It's it's hard to feel totally good or totally bad. It's mm. hard. It's gray. It's gray. You know, and um, yeah. 
She's sort of what happens when capitalist is taken to its final, final degree. This is what this is what you mm-hmm. get, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is always going to happen. You-, you get women talking about Tony Blair's ass, guys. You asked for this. Sorry, oh, no. Should have tried communist more. <laughs> <laughs> The Way They Were is an Amanda Redman production produced by Abby Weaver and Amanda Redman. We want to hear your celebrity couple crush, so email us on thewaytheywerepod at gmail.com. Or find us on Twitter at thewaytheywerepod and we're on Instagram at thewaytheywerepodcast. Thanks so much to Audio Boom for hosting and thanks to you for listening. Until the next time, goodbye! Goodbye! The, the way, way they, they were. were. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.